there's a lot of strange stuff going on. And if you haven't heard, uh, the uh, city of New York is, of course, for the last couple of days, they've been issuing warnings uh, for citizens because of the potential for terrorist activity going on uh, due out of the conflict that had exploded over the weekend in Israel. Joining us on the Newsmaker Line here at Speaking Out America is Lee Williams. Lee is in, based in Florida. He's part of the Second Amendment Foundation organization that does a lot to educate people and take on cases uh, protecting Second Amendment rights. I just happened to look here, Lee. Welcome to the show. I wanted to find Thank out. You. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I, uh, I wanted to find out what the laws were as far as gun mm-hmm. ownership in Israel. And it turns out that personal weapons are allowed with pistols with a limit of 50 rounds of ammunition. To qualify, one must be of a certain age, depending on IDF service, live or work in an area that demands extra security, not have a criminal record and pass a training course and a background check, among other things. Now, compared to the United States, that's pretty drastic because it sounds like you have to have been in the Army or military, serve the Israeli Army, or be specially trained. Uh, Would it have been a different situation, you think, if uh, guns were allowed as they are in the United States? Has anybody ever discussed that? I do. Yeah? Yeah, I I, I absolutely do. It turns out only around 5% of Israeli citizens have permits to carry concealed minuscule. I mean, in Florida, we don't need to bend the knee and beg permission from the government to, to exercise a constitutional right. Now, I know that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has said that they are going to be relaxing their gun laws over there. But uh, I mean, unfortunately, uh, the, the, you know, the, this badness, this, this mass murder on an incredible scale has already happened. I think it would have helped. Uh, I think that's why we don't see this over here, because there are millions of and millions just in Florida of people who are carrying guns defensively and have uh, realized it's a heady responsibility. So they've gone out and got a good weapon and they got professional training and, and they carry it uh, very seriously. So I think, it, yeah, I think it would have helped over there. I think uh, it would have evened the table a bit. I, I can't stand, and I've done nothing but watch TV for the last couple of days. I can't stand what I'm seeing. And I know I've talked to a lot of friends, and they all say the same thing. My God, at least here we have guns, yeah. and we could have fought back. Yeah, or it may have made Hamas think twice about landing uh, in just general areas because they know that those people would have had guns and they would have been shot at once they heard the bullets flying. So uh, that is yeah. something to think about. How did you get involved with the Second Amendment uh, or, uh, Foundation? And then also tell us what your greatest concern is at this point for Americans. Well, I was uh, an investigative reporter at, at a newspaper chain at a newspaper here in Sarasota that was owned by this chain called Gatehouse, and they were great to work for. Um, the editor at the time encouraged us reporters to blog about our passion topics and. And I've always been interested in firearms. I was in the Army, and I was a policeman for 10 years before I became a journalist. So I started a, a pro-gun website that the newspaper totally supported for 10 years. And it was I was the only one in the country that was writing pro-gun stories uh, on a site sponsored by a daily newspaper. And then my chain got bought by Gannett. Ah. And Gannett, yeah, you've probably stepped over their flagship paper, oh, USA sure. Today, outside of your hotel room door yep. several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they found out that they had a, now an editor in writing pro-gun stories, they got rid of me and they got rid of my boss right away. 
So about a day later, I get a call from a good friend, Mark Walters, who hosts a nationally syndicated radio show called Armed American News. Or I'm sorry, Armed American Radio. And he said, Alan Gottlieb from Second Amendment Foundation is going to call you. Take the call. Wow, that's pretty so interesting. I, so I did. And yeah, and Alan uh, said, well, I want you to be my investigative reporter. And that was a couple of years ago. And we've been having fun ever since. And, you know, Sarasota is one of the most progressive cities in Florida, which is generally red outside of Miami and Boca and places like that, West Palm, and that's all changing. So even the Sarasota Herald wouldn't uh, keep you, and yet Gannett did, the national uh, organization swooping up all these newspapers. Isn't that amazing? You got a national yeah, newspaper order. Yeah. They've killed more newspapers than and than anybody. But my biggest fear is, and I wrote about this not too not too long ago, just the other day. Uh, I'm very concerned that the uh, Iran Iranian-backed genocide in Israel could uh, could come over here. I mean, just look at Joe Biden has allowed millions of military-age males into this country illegally. We don't know where they are. Uh, they were going through a list of the countries today, and uh, there's hundreds of Iranians here and Iraqis. He ignored these sanctions. You know, everybody talks about the $6 billion that he gave them in a ransom payment. He gave them much more than that by ignoring their sanctions on oil production. They mm -hmm. were able to generate $40 billion in revenue. Uh, and we know that now that the $7 billion in weaponry that he left in Afghanistan that he gifted to the Taliban, some of those weapons are showing up now. Uh, being used against the Israeli defense forces. And, then, and meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, he's trying to disarm us. So uh, makes, like I said in my story, makes you wonder whose side he's even on. Your concern right now is that American citizens uh, should consider themselves at risk. It is. And I'm not alone. Uh, Mossad, the Israeli intelligence uh, force, uh, the comparable to our CIA, They've issued a warning for uh, their people, for Jews in New York, Michigan, and Florida. We just had uh, massive rallies just down the road in Tampa. Um, FBI just put out a warning today for people in New York to watch out for terrorist activity. Uh, I, I'm concerned. And uh, I told, you know, I've always believed that we, we being you and I, are the well-regulated well militia that the framers spoke about in our in our Constitution in the Second Amendment. So I told my readers, you know, get a good rifle, get a good handgun, um, buy some ammunition, store it in magazines, and get some professional training. We are our own first responders when it comes to something this devastating. And uh, Yeah, I think we live in an age uh, now where we have to accept that the, uh, the cops aren't going to show up so quick. You know, and uh, no. if you want to protect your loved ones, you better start thinking about ways to do it in a lawful way. Train yourself, get to know whatever you need to get to know when it comes to a firearm, because it may save your life and the life of your family. And you just don't know uh, that coupled with the fact we have crime rates going up in all the major ma major cities. We have a floodgate open at the southern border. So we know that we have uh, criminals coming over and they're not coming here, over here to settle in and, and have a good, honest living life. You know, they're no, they're here to take what we have. So we have to live with that reality. A lot of people will have a fire extinguisher under their kitchen sink in the event of fire. Um, they don't want a fire. They're not hoping for a fire. It's the same with a firearm. It's it's really uh, a, a perishable skill that you need to get now and learn how to use it, learn how to use it safely. And accurately, uh, God forbid, a time ever comes when you need it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lee, we appreciate catching up with you again and your insight. And uh, where, where can they read your columns right now? 
They can go, everything I write is at thegunwriter.substack.com or they can go to saf.org. That's good. We'll talk to you again soon. Time is short. Be safe, my friend. We'll talk to you next time here on Speaking Out America. I mean this literally when the pure, unadulterated evil is unleashed on this world. The people of Israel lived through one such moment this weekend. The bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas, a group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews. This was an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. being joined by Michael Letts, speaking at America. Jim Watkins here. Michael Letts, our regular guest. He is a one-time special forces and law enforcement officer in the United States as well. And then also the CEO of investusa.org, which is a, a, a company, a nonprofit that supplies bullet, bulletproof vests to law enforcement officers across the country. And he's an expert in all things law enforcement. But I want to tap into your, your uh, experiences as a special forces First of all, welcome to the program, Michael. How are you? Yeah, it was always a privilege to be on your show, and we thank you for the opportunity. It's my uh, my honor. Uh, and you have served this country, and you uh, told me and our audience a couple of times that you are a one-time special forces officer. Can you tell me a little bit about your your life, and then I want to get I want you to take us into what is going on in Israel now from that perspective. So tell me a little bit about your special forces career when when were you in where did you serve what were your conditions well, you know special forces is uh, army uh special forces the fifth special forces are known commonly as the green berets uh is an interesting program that very few realize is that you can do and train and uh, qualify in for special ops for green berets and then you can later on transfer into a guard unit and just be used for special assignments. Of course, those special assignments, Tim, are usually, we all understand we have three-letter agencies across the world that protect us from foreign uh, terrorists. Supposedly, domestic terrorism is being protected by the FBI, which is not doing a very good job, quite frankly. But as you are aware, those three-letter agencies do not have their own uh, military operations center. So they uh, tap into special forces to perform the operations that they have uh, and the president have deemed are in the best interest of our national security. So you, you're the guys that are sent in to places no one else wants to go. That's pretty much it. We're the ones that are sent in. Uh, also, when there's a critical situation that has to be addressed, when you've got a unit that's been pinned down or a, uh, there's a situation that a unit's been overrun and has to be extracted. Uh, you know, I tell people all the time, they say, well, is that stuff really happening? I tell them, I say, well, you take a look at national, international news. Isn't it interesting how, you know, in the past you had leaders that have taken Americans hostage, have accused them of being spies or this or that and the other. They're going to hold them for ransom or they're going to 
execute him if America doesn't do the following or release. And then suddenly it, it goes cold. You never hear anything about it after a few days. Right. It's not because they fulfilled what they said they're going to do. It's just because of the fact that their person is no longer in their, uh, in their hands. And it's because a special ops team was sent in to extract him and to bring him out. And that's, uh, you never hear about that. That's, uh, you know, kept on the QT. But uh, it's what keeps this country one of the things that we can never lose sight of. And, you know, we're losing sight of it now. But back in my younger days, uh, Jim, it meant something to be an American. And what I mean by that is when you were in a foreign country, you're an American, and something happens to you, you could count on the fact that the government was going to do whatever was necessary to protect its citizens. We've lost that, and uh, that's a shame. I remember the day uh, 70 years ago, maybe, uh, or reading about it. I wasn't that old at the time. You know, uh, it's called a book was two gates of splendor when a missionary, four missionaries who were actually former uh, military were killed in the Amazon by uh, a tribe that they were trying to minister to. We sent a contingency of special forces, the Marines, to bring them out, bring the bodies out. You don't hear about that anymore. And that's a shame because it used to mean something to be an American. Well, listen, we all have our heroes, and how many movies have we seen with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers and these people that go in and do exactly what you're saying? And we almost idolize you guys because you're the modern contemporary, you know, heroes, the gladiators, you know, the people that go out uh, and and get the bad guys, right? And so uh, tell me more about that. Tell me about your experience in in that situation. What what does it feel like uh, uh, when you know that at any moment— your enemy can be standing right before you and blow your head off. What does that feel like? Well, I will tell you this. You know, everyone that's in special ops knows, you know, logo, strength, and honor. And uh, what happens is when a situation occurs, you're briefed and you're gone. You're, you're, you're mobilized within hours after it occurs. Usually not even sure that the operation is going to go underway. And the reason why is while the operation is being debated by policymakers, you have to be positioned to be able to go into the Minnesota. So you can't wait after the fact because that's a waste of time. So those operations are quickly planned. They're implemented. They put in the air. You get to the location. Then you uh, hopefully by the time you get there, you've gotten the green line to proceed. I think it's imperative to uh, America that we show strength and that we show the ability to protect our citizens as we once did. It's the same thing as the situation. And all this ties in, Jim, with um, intelligence. Intelligence is key. I will tell you this. You've got to have good intel. Your mission is subject to failure. But putting all that together, what we talked about special ops, you're going to see more and more of a need for it now because of the fact of what's occurred over the weekend and with Gaza and Hamas and you know, the sad part about it is this administration appears to have had an active role in allowing that to occur. We uh, provided the armaments for Hamas through Iran by Afghanistan, leaving them behind. The missiles themselves were not part of that. The missiles actually came from the armaments were given to Ukraine. I think the American people would be shocked about what I'm fixing to tell them, that uh all those billions of dollars of armaments that went to Ukraine. And those were more than just uh, weapons and ammunition. Those were missiles. We didn't have missiles stored in Afghanistan. 
But those operations, those those missiles, once they leave American soil, we were too stupid, or perhaps there was more of a nefarious reason why, to provide for any accountability once they left. So we have no idea on those missiles, whether they arrived in Ukraine, whether they were used for the purpose intended, or whether some were used and some were sold. We do know that uh, thousands of it ended up in um, Gaza with Hamas. We do have intelligence now, and this is all talking back into special forces, intelligence, credible intelligence from Iran and from other Middle Eastern countries that Hamas, uh, Hezbollah, ISIS, and others have penetrated the southern border of the United States and not just one or two, but in very significant numbers, thousands and thousands. They are around, all around this country and uh, isolated in the terrorist cells. And quite frankly, I feel like what you see in Gaza is a precursor. What is it that they're trying to accomplish? Well, you know, in normal combat operations, military operations, you secure territory and you kill the enemy, but you don't go in, grab hostages, and then torture, rape, behead, kill, and post it on social media. That's what ISIS does. That's what we fought in Afghanistan. But that's what you see. Why is the purpose behind that? They want to instill fear so that you feel paralyzed that you're not safe anywhere. And that's why when you see this as a precursor, what may be fixing to happen in our country, you won't just see it in one or two big cities. They will try to do it all across the country so that you feel like there is no safe place to be. Why am I making these statements, Jim? Because it's imperative that we as Americans wake up. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is not hyperbole. This is reality. And if we don't deal with something very quickly, we will lose the opportunity to have the upper hand and thousands and thousands of Americans will die and suffer because of it, needlessly. You say, why do you say needlessly? We can get a handle on the situation. We have to immediately close these borders. We've been talking about that on your show for some time, Jim, but it's time we take action. Borders have to be closed. We have to implement all of our resources uh, to find, we, we know of at least 10,000 terrorists that have come across it on the terrorist watch list that they quote unquote have lost track of. It's not that they lost track of, quite frankly, they have an administration that doesn't want to know where they're at because uh, they have ulterior motives. But we can track them back down very quickly. And it's time that we arrest these terrorists that have come in illegally and immediately deport them. And then it's also time, Jim, on top of that, I know people don't want to hear this, but we have millions of illegal immigrants. You say, you're not going to be a meanie and try to round up all those people. And the answer is yes. And here's what you need to understand why. We have no idea on the millions and millions that have come across illegally what their background is or how they've been vetted. Hopefully, a, good, a majority of them are good people. You can decide what to do with at a later stage. But you don't know. You don't know how many of those we know that are on the terrorist watches. We don't know how many others that perhaps were let out of prisons uh, that have been guilty of heinous crimes in other countries. They have no business being here. You don't know of others that perhaps have been recruited by terrorist organizations. They all need to be vetted. It's time that we as Americans understand that our government has failed. It has failed to do its one basic tenet, and that is to protect and provide freedom for the American people. And so we are going to have to do something different. We're going to have to tell our federal government we will no longer comply with any 
unconstitutional mandates, including their unconstitutional actions about keeping the border open. We need to encourage every Republican governor, and I think almost all, if not all, but most of the states on the border are Republican held. And we need to tell them that we're going to build the border and dare have to do anything about it. It's time that we secure our freedoms again, Jim. Got our uh, thirty-second music mark, so we're going to have to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, but we will be back on a future episode. This thing is not going away quickly. You bring up some excellent points, Michael Letts from RestoringJustice.us and also InvestUSA.org. Thank you, Michael. Keep up, keep up the good fight. Thank you, Jim. God bless you. God bless America.